This episode of According to Flint is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who is proud to bring the Western lifestyle and outdoor enthusiasts together for conservation projects, enhancing elk habitat, and ensuring the future of America's hunting heritage. Visit rmef.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of According to Flint. Welcome to According to Flint, the innovative podcast reaching beyond the Western demographic with stories, humor, and interviews. Now, here's your host, Flint Rasmussen. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation for presenting According to Flint, including episode number 40 of our podcast with the one and only 1997 PBR world champion, Michael Gaffney. On a personal note, Michael Gaffney, known throughout his career in rodeo and PBR as being one of the classiest, nicest bull riders one could ever meet. I always said, walking away from Michael Gaffney, I hope I was as good to him as he was to me. We'll kick it off with the G-Man right here on According to Flint. But first, a word from our friends at Pendleton Whiskey. This, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Well, welcome back once again to another episode of According to Flint, episode number 40. That's right, the G-Man himself. 1997 world champion, 97. It seems seems like yesterday, much like myself, sporting a little more gray hair than we used to. Good to see you, buddy. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you too. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's all good. Always all good. good. Just uh, <laughs> start getting in these fifties. It's just good to really hear the stories of waking up every day. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you and I, I think, didn't we have a discussion a couple of weeks ago that? I ask, I talk to bull riders, rodeo cowboys. I've talked to Ty, Ty Murray, and you. When I came on the scene, I was really new, and you guys had been around. So I went through my whole career thinking all of you were older than me. And I'm older than all you old bastards. Hey, I'm even older than them. Uh, yeah. I said uh, the other day, you said, yeah, I'm 52. I went, oh. Hold on, because you went. You are. I told you this. You're my gauge when yes. people ask me how long I've been in the PBR, and I I say, well, my first world finals was Michael Gaffney, 1997. So you had been around, and I was new. So, it, uh, you know, that's it, it's that's, logical. That's but yep. you know, that's how far back we go. It goes back a ways, doesn't it? goes back a spell, but I was telling you, I did an interview just, just, you know, this whole team thing coming out and we were just talking about that, how, you know, the PBR was formed in 1992. I mean, we're, you know, we're 2022, you know, we're 30 years into that. And I mean, I think about the world title, it's like not even my life, right? That was like, like a, a dream I had in the past life. And then some time, a long time after that, I, we had, we had children, right? So Rob and I were nearly 40 when we had those. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's happened so fast. And here we are 30 years into it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, it, it, since, since you brought up the, the PBR formed in 1992, and I should have mentioned in your intro, a PBR founder, you were one of those 20 guys. Yes. Uh, I have, I've talked to several. Um, you know, I talked, I had a good talk with Jerome Davis about it. Uh, and, and I always want guys feel, uh, what your attitudes was. You're in these meetings. They're going, 
we can do this. Let's chip in $1,000, the old story. Did you go, yeah, this is going to work? Or, yeah, it's only $1,000? What, like, what was your general feel for what was, going, what was happening there? You know, if, if, if I set the, the stage a little bit, so this was, you know, that February, March timeframe after my first qualification at the NFR in 91. So, and, and not to bore you with too many details, but so went to the, my first NFR in 91, and, and right after that, January, February, March, we, we, we end up there in this hotel room in Scottsdale after the Justin World Sports Bull Riding. Okay. And um, I just won the, the, the biggest rodeo, right? What, you know, I had a really good finals run, rode nine out of 10. And, you know, and at that age, at 22, you never think you win 50, 60, $70,000, you're never going to have another broke day in your life. Right. But once Uncle Sam gets his little claws in there and that type of thing, right? We all know we, you know, so that's just the immaturity part. And so the next thing you know, you're sitting there with empty pockets and you're going, oh my gosh, you know, and that type of thing. So again, setting the stage. So when we finished that bull riding that day, I'd won some money and you know, we had entry fees. And we sit we're sitting in that hotel room and and fast forward to the end of the of the day, we all decide to put in this thousand dollars. And I'm thinking, um, my, my first thought was Robin, because here's somebody who's pre-med uh, about, you know, to go into medical school, a big, big cost in front of us and stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, what the heck is she going to think? I'm going to write a check for a thousand bucks. And, and I, and I, and I, I knew, you know, we've been married then for a while and knew her pretty well. And I knew when I, when I told her, and she said, you wrote a check for what? I mean, and, and I mean, it was, it was not good in the Gaffney household for a while because I mean, a thousand, bucks, a thousand men, I'm telling you, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we were back then, the, the sponsorship thing, that was, that was non-existent. You got free shirts. We were thrilled to death. So anyway, just to set the stage a little bit. So in, in that atmosphere, it was exciting. You know, you're, I'm around Cody Lambert and tough and Ted News and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Brent Thurman, of course, my traveling partner was there and, and, and Aaron and Cody Custer, these types of guys were there. And there was about, I, I want to say there's probably a dozen of us there that, that day, uh, Clint Bronger, that, that uh, Daryl Mills. You know, oh, right. I forgot about Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daryl was there. That Jerome Davis was there. Jerome Davis. Right. Yeah. Speed and young. He, he was oh. just coming off a college deal and college, didn't yep. have the thousand dollars, you know, wrote the IOU or whatever. So exactly. And that's, and that's the, that was kind of the atmosphere to tell you the feel. I mean, it was apprehension. There's no doubt. I mean, here's Jerome, you know, was he, was he maybe 19 or 20 at the time? So it was a, it was a pipe dream to say the least, right? It was a pipe dream. I mean, we were, uh, it just, it, it was a, uh, it was something that of course, being around guys that I traveled with some obviously tough and Cody that I was excited about, but at the same time, uh, to think that it would ever, let's not even talk about today. And even Chris shivers, you know, 10 years or close to that winning the first million dollars. I mean, we laughed at Randy when he said, we're going to give a million dollars to the first world champion, you know, here in a couple of years, you know, we laughed him out of the boardroom that day. Yeah. So, um, and I can go all, all day long on how we, well, we thought of things like that. Huh. So, it was, yeah. I remember going, uh, and I'll come back to that, but it reminded me where our reference of money is. I went to a, I was working a rodeo in Bismarck, North. I think it was Bismarck one fall. And Adriano Marias was at this rodeo because it was, he was trying to get the NFR, trying to win a world title. Yeah. And so yeah. he had just come from this PBR finals, uh, you know, and no, it wasn't, like it is now, I none of us really knew, and I, I said, how'd it go? He said, I win, I win the finals. You know, he couldn't, didn't speak as well then. I said, how much did you win? He said, I think he said, forty seven thousand, and I went, holy wow. crap! You know, that's how the reference has changed. Yeah. You know? Oh it's, my gosh, yeah. yeah. And this weekend, this weekend, uh, Jose wins forty seven, close to 40, forty. Yeah, right 40, in there, whatever so. it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, crazy. back then, yeah, isn't that something that, you yeah. know, to put it in context and to put it in, yeah, it was, yeah. So I, I think there's this partially true, maybe not as dramatic true 
is there truth to you guys all got together when it was purchased by Spire Capital, correct? You had a party to pay off the founders. Is it true you had your $1,000 canceled check and it was almost 15 years to the day? Almost. Yeah. So that's true. That's not it's a true. True story. We, uh, once, once we, we gathered everybody, the shareholders there in Pueblo, and it was at the museum or something right there close to downtown. Anyway, we got together and it was, you know, it was all, it was done and everybody raised their hand and said, yeah, this, let's do this. Later that night, I think, or maybe the next day, whatever it was, Randy had, had, uh, had got this really nice spot there on the south side of Colorado Springs for all of us to get together. And, uh, and I, I'd taken that check with me because I, I mean, we pretty much knew it was a done deal, yeah. right? We just needed to get everybody's okay in the final decision. And uh, it was darn near to the day that I'd uh, written the check and it, and it said to, uh, it said to uh, Sam Applebaum. Sam Applebaum, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's who I wrote the check to. Oh yeah. my gosh. So it was, uh, so I still got that check. Sure enough. I should have had it. I got it did, right here in my file. Did you, did you show Robin, your wife, the thousand dollar one and the one, <laughs> and the, I don't know that we can say, and no, I've never run into any of you guys that have ever really told me how much the check was when it sold. So yes. what, uh, maybe yeah. was it different? And, 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 was it different it, for it everybody? It was, and, and, and you remember the stories, <clears throat> depending on, you know, because of the board members um, and, and Spire and, and I, you know, obviously uh, conversations that they and had with Randy and, and probably Cleet and some others, uh, as far as individuals that had the chance to either stay on board, so to speak, and keep an investment in the company moving forward with Spire. And I was one of those individuals. I was fortunate to do that. So Robin and I decided we would go ahead and leave a portion of our of uh, of our funds within the within the PBR and go going forward and so that's what we did so but needless to say I mean everybody getting their checks whatever that was was like what what you said a minute ago times ten right we had the forty seven thousand oh eight oh god times maybe some ten or twenty or thirty you know what I mean it <laughs> yeah. was life altering right yeah. life changing and and uh, a day speaking of the pipe dream. That uh, is truly the the American dream coming coming to pass. It, right? It, it's funny when I think it was Ty told me about not on not on here in a private conversation about calling Jim Sharp. Hey, we're gonna sell yes. this thing. What am I gonna make? And they told him, <laughs> "All right, hey, well, I'll be talking to you later. I gotta go pour some concrete." He didn't even. Got, it was just the, like the, you know, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, and I will say, I won't say how much it was, but you're not, you haven't exactly had to dig ditches since then. So that's good. They, <laughs> but we, you know, no. we used to make fun, not make fun of you, but we used to be, call you the smartest bull rider in the world because you are a sharp guy. But the reason was you were married to a doctor. So that was, <laughs> we're always like, G-Man's the right. smartest man. <laughs> And my little ace in the hole, and and uh, there was always the scuttlebutt around, you know. That um, <clears throat> let's see, when she gets kind of down the road, she'd be like kicking you the curb once she got down, got, got her MD and everything, you know. She'd be like, okay, no what more cowboy. Yeah, and <laughs> but, look at you, and look at you now, still married to a hot doctor. She could yeah. be, she could be on Gray's Anatomy. She could be like, the, yeah. <laughs> I was telling you earlier, yeah, just, I'm kind of pitiful over here, <laughs> old wrinkly gray haired guy, but yeah, but she makes me, it's kind of like I always said, you know what, I may not be able to ride worth a damn, but I'll look good doing with my nice looking chaps uh, and everything, well, as long flashy. as I got her <laughs> I look flat, I look flat uh, next to the problem, but uh, yeah. let's say, hey, hey, go back to the NFR, so 91 is when you won the aggregate, won the average at the NFR. Yes. Um, you how many times did you go to the national so, finals? Just just the twice, 91 and 96. Adriano and Mark Kane and I had, had had qualified the very last week in it at the Cow Palace to make it 96. Yeah. yeah. So just twice, just twice. There is so much celebration and rightly so about Jim Sharp, who a lot of people call the greatest bull rider ever. Lots of people would say that. About him yes. when he rode the first guy to ride 10 out of 10 bulls at the NFR, but he, he actually, how many in a row did he ride? Like he rode like 28 in a row over three years, something like that. 
crazy. But we forget about Adriano, Norman Curry. They both rode 10, and you rode nine, and maybe should have rode 10, right? Yeah, the woulda, shoulda, coulda, which you get this this list of woulda, shoulda, coulda rode that final 10th bowl, um, you know, whether it be a Denny Flynn or it would have been any number of guys, right? That should have, you know, tough for crying out loud. How many, you know, or, you know, these types of guys that we all know so well, um, you know, the, the very bowl that, that put me in in 96 that night when Mark and Adrian celebrated, I think, at one of the at Denny's afterwards there somewhere in the... <laughs> The shady parts of, of uh, San Francisco uh, before the air, airline flight um, to put me in the NFR was uh, was Dogface, uh, that canine Dogface. Yeah. I had him in the short go, and and all I remember was thinking when I stepped off of him there, I was thinking, man, I was really kind of anticipating it was a do or die kind of thing, right? But it was so smooth and so it was one of those. It was just a one of those that I remember as an easy thing, which, you know, bull riding is not always that easy. Um, and uh, so it was just a, a really a great night and a, a, a real great finish to the weekend or that run when we left the, the PBR world finals. And, uh, and then to go in there and ride nine in a row. And then I had him in the 10th go round and I just fell off I, uh, at the last, you know, like half a jump or whatever it was. And, uh, yeah. So, and, and one of my things, we talk about coaching these things about, you got to let stuff go, you know, but I didn't let that go for like three months. My wife was finally like ready to kick me out of the house. You just got to let this go. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, it was, it was, a, it was a great run with those, those two guys. And, you know, and again, we talk about guys in the locker room and the guys you're around they just make you better. Right. And I mean, Adriano and Mark, you know, they were, ooh, Adriano, right? he's a beast, right? To think he won his third world title when he's 36 is, or we can go on all day. Yeah, about that. well, and you came, you came to, uh, that's who was leading the world in 97 when you came yeah. in. Were, you were number two coming in? Or you know what, in, you know, at, maybe Cody Hart was, Cody Hart and I, there was, you know, how that, how that transpired. I, one of the last events we went to was like Guthrie and, and they, they, I remember them talking about it and it was all about building hoopla and everything about opening the door. And I, it was Cody Hart and myself. And then somewhere in amongst that, those time, that time frame, I can't remember how it fell, but Adrian, I've gotten hurt down at Bejetos, which, you know, we'd all been to before and broke the leg and, and put him out. He was done. Yeah. And so it opened the door for some possibilities, um, with with mathematical chances and it just you know my run from there on was was one of those it was like storybook it was really solid and and i was feeling good i was having some shoulder problems but it just it took i think it took my mind off a lot of the, the bs and stuff and it is good bs now right the interviews and all the yeah. hype and everything but that's what we do right that's what we do to to build the sport and whatever and the hype and everything but it was it was good how it worked out it just uh but we 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 use you as an example i i have of guys, the, the great ones take advantage. Clint Atkin calls it situational awareness. You were aware that things ha- everything had to go right for you with Adriano out with a broken leg. Everything had to go right in 97 for you to win the world title. And you rose to that occasion and rode every bull. It was at the MGM Grand uh, that year. So, yeah, Adriano was out. But you had to make things go Real well, because, and this is not, I've always said you're one of our great champions and deservedly so. Adriano doesn't break his leg. It's a battle and he could be a four-time world champion. Uh, honestly, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just, it just is one of those things. And we know the world of bull riding is, is just, is so what if, and, and, and the, the chances of getting hurt are ridiculous and that type of thing. It was just, it was just my time and his, and it wasn't his, I mean, it was just a bad luck situation that he got put in. And, and, and I, there's no doubt that when you get, you know, a chance like that and the door cracks a little bit, and if you want to, and I, and I attribute a lot of that success to the people I'm around. Right. I mean, when you're around, you know, and you and guys like you that are my friends and, you know, it makes you better in all aspects. I mean, truthfully, right? I mean, you're, yeah. it's it's great. I come back now. I've kind of got back in the fray, and I, I like nothing more than to walk in the the locker rooms of, of you and the rest of Web and and and, and I saw Shorty this past weekend. I mean, just 
is so welcoming and it makes you feel good. So when you walked in that locker room and you had the guys around you like Clint Bronger and Troy Dunn and, and the list goes on, Aaron Seamus, Cody Custer. I mean, it just, I mean, how can you not just feel great about what you do, you know, and, and, and rising that, that occasion and you walk into the world finals, you guys, everybody knows that that electricity that you feel out in Vegas. And I think that's why it has success in Vegas in general, because man, you just feel good. And you just, even when you're hurting and you're dealing with injuries and stuff, you, you just, you raise the bar, you know? Yeah. So, um, the Adriano thing, I think I, I always look back and now the Brazilian bull riders have become so much a fabric of what we do. And half our guys at a tour stop are Brazilians. I think we forget how hard it must have been for him. He was the first one. He didn't speak English. He was a legend in in Brazil. Comes over yeah. here. He, I, I do. If it's possible uh, to forget how great he was, I think we have a little bit. Yeah. Um, in you know when people say who's the greatest bull rider you ever saw, there's you know oh JB Mooney oh Jim Sharp. Uh, I always say oh McBride's right in there. McBride. It, yeah. Um, Adriano yeah. doesn't come up as much and that's, he could, yeah, I, he could. And he, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and to think, and I look at it from a perspective of, you know, and, and I, and we've all been broken, but it, it, at 35 plus 35 and a half, when I got on that last bull at the, at the PBR final slint in 2004, you know, I was, I was dealing with full growing. I was dealing with lots of things and, and, and to put it in context, I mean, here's a guy, we, we visited, if I back up a little bit, we visited just not too long before that in, in Florida. And he was, he was going through some, some issues with his riding, his confidence and all this type, type of stuff. And then you fast forward it, this was another year and a half later, he wins a third world title. I mean, he was on the verge of, I mean, he told me that I never heard him speak like this. Um, and, he, and he was beaten down and, and on the verge of, he told me, quit. He said, I'm, it's almost like I'm embarrassing myself. And I'd never heard him speak like that. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe he is, maybe he's lost, if you want to call it the edge or, or that drive. But, we thought so, but yeah. we talked about it and out on tour. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and to see him come back and do that is, is a, again, a tribute to him and, and what he's, what uh, speaking of fabric and, and what he's made up. And I think to go back from, from my perspective and, and knowing him as well as I do. And, and I think I can say this without malice and, and, and any kind of negativity is that, there was a there was a time that came it was like after 96 when him and mark and i made it you know there was a there was a dramatic shift in him a little bit you know uh they always talked about the soap opera star and, and this this type of thing and, you know call it and, and maybe you just call it ego you know there was a lot of attention and you know and 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 it affects us all and and you know good and some bad and whatever and it wasn't a, i don't think it was a positive for him because we'd seen him in a, such a way as just this this beast of a man and this type of thing. When you when you started seeing the theatrics and the buck and shoot and stuff, you know, and when you when you talk about who was in the locker room at that time, mm -hmm. you know, McBride, Ross, JW, myself, you know, and Razor was still in there. And, and you know, it was being a cowboy and being tough and and that like a lot of that stuff didn't really belong. Yeah. So he caught a, he caught a lot of flack about that. So I think maybe that's why maybe it's not spoke of as much as, or it could have a, it could, you know what I'm saying? It could have a part. That's a good that. point. Cause I do remember there was a shift and that's put on us in this, yeah. in this world. Like you said, sure. like sure. all of this, it's what we do. It depends how you do it and how you handle it. And I do remember, uh, you know, I, I got in not, fights with Adrian by no means he, we were always good friends but things yep. that he misunderstood that I would say and we'd talk it out and uh I and I think it was because stuff was put on him he felt the weight of that so he was quick to defend himself and quick it was, it was different but it was yeah yeah um you you mentioned we've seen you lately like all of a sudden I'm somewhere Sacramento or where there's G <laughs> What up, G? <laughs> and so, and uh, as we record this earlier today, you had some news conferences. You are involved, back involved with PBR in the new teams format. What is, 
What is your role and with what team? Fill us in a little bit. So, uh, the, you know, as for, for people that are listening, obviously they've heard of the, this new, um, this new PBR 2.0. I've even heard some people say, or, you know, this, this thing that Sean's been keeping in the war chest for a long time because of COVID and it's, it's finally coming to pass. And, and I've got to say, Flint, a lot of it is geographical because of me and, it, and call it whatever you want to call it, the big man upstairs, call it uh, just uh, by chance. But the, the gamblers here in Austin are being established here in Austin uh, because of the, the, the man and his wife uh, team, uh, Egon and, and Abby Durbin, um, are the team owners, and they wanted it to be in Austin. And for people who don't know, there's obviously the Rattlers with Cody Lambert is the other team in Texas. But we all know Texas is a big state. Right. And these yeah. two individuals, yeah. So um, it, it can handle, right? We got right. Oh, we yeah. got. Yeah. We got them. Just ask. Got them. Stick your head out the window and ask. They'll tell you. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it'll be quick. Yeah, it'll be quick. Hey, hey. Nothing's bigger than. Yeah, oh my God. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. The doors, are, the doors are all a little bit wider, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so no, it's all good. Good, good people. So, so what, so you're I, the, what is your title? So I am the coach. Okay. I am the gambler, the new, the new team gambler coach. And Sean, in a nutshell, Sean called me. It's what has it been? Just a matter of a couple of weeks before I saw you in Sacramento for the first time, and since I think the Global Cup when I saw you in in where were we in Edmonton, is maybe the last time wow. I saw you. No, but whatever. It's been a long time, and 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 that's what kids do to you, right? I mean, we've been so ingrained in, in what Merrick's been doing the last uh, number of years because of soccer and that type. They just it's it's busy. Life gets busy, which we all know. Um, but back to the gamblers. So they just hired uh, a new CEO uh, just before St. Louis. So he just remember you, you met JJ yes, there. Yep. He just got fire hose there, right? It just but he, but he wanted to go there obviously and 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 see what what he got in, himself into, and just a, a top notch guy and in a CEO and a GM because he's he's from Austin, he's from Nebraska. He's a baseball player by trade. But he's been here 20 plus years, 24 years, I believe. He knows everybody in Austin. He's like on the sports commission. So what what better man could you ask for than than somebody who knows the lay of the land and the and the folks that, that and the powers that be? So Abby and Egon, they hired a fantastic individual. Uh, been with him a little bit now, obviously, and uh, he just he's an athlete first, and he he understands that this is this is good stuff. So you're flying around as the coach. <clears throat> There's going to be mm-hmm. a, there's going to be a draft just like other pro sports. So you guys, right. so you've kind of been scouting, talking to guys, getting a feel for the kind of people they are, everything that would contribute to a team in a positive way. You are, or a negative way. You're trying to pick right. out of these guys, right? Is that, am I on the right track? Yeah, it, no, you nailed it. You nailed it. And I, and you can see that from, from the other cats that are, that are the coaches and, 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 and their other crew that they've, uh, they've kind of employed that have joined their team like, like McBride and, and Keith Ryan Cartwright, you know, they're there and they're scouting out these guys and that type of thing. And, and it is, it is about, right. It's no secret, right. That when we speak of us in the draft, people know that, that the gamblers and, the, and for those who don't Egon and Abby went up there and we got the number one pick, you know, they did that, that, unfortunately we missed it we we tested positive my wife and son and i for covid we missed madison square gardens which was, a, which was a real drag because it was gonna be the first time i was gonna <clears throat> get a chance to be around uh egon and abby and they just they're wonderful people and and but just the same we ended up with the number one pick which right who, who are we gonna pick yeah who, boy who that's a that's a tough one. oh boy <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you want me to do it for you? Or... <laughs> you could probably do it, couldn't you? Can you? Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. people knew people, maybe there's rodeo people watching, but I mean, number one pick Jose Vitor Lemmy. Can, can you find a negative there as far as putting a team together? A guy can what, when you, if you were to write a scouting report on Jose Vitor Lemmy, what would it say? Oh, I, he's the epitome. I don't know what you, what could you not say? 
I mean, he would be the poster child for for any anything at all that's positive. I mean, he's a specimen, is he not? Oh my god! I mean, we you talked about earlier, and I'm not going to go down, but Jim, you know, Jim Sharp, the the best of the best. I mean, I look at and I've got so many guys you can sit here and talk about Troy Dunn and you know Bubba Dunn, Chris Shearer, Justin. Brown. I mean, and this guy. I mean, he's like, he's just an amazing, and from, and from what I've learned, Flint, in the last number of weeks since the first time I saw you in quite a while, is, is that he's, he's, he's humble, he's smart, um, he's everything that you could put on a team and have the team be, you know, kind of just melt around and, and just make everybody better. And, and so to have that uh, type of individual in, in your locker or, or in your group and in your team and to build the culture that you want uh, and, and be a part of your program. I mean, you couldn't ask for anybody more solid than, than this guy. Now, I mean, let's even forgetting about what he does in the arena for crying yeah. out loud. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we, we just talked about it. Some things can, and I'm not saying, I mean, there's, he's still got, Number one is dangerous, right? We know as well as that. You guys here today, you could be gone tomorrow. But at the same time, he just does it right. And everything I learned from, from uh, you know, Cleet and I talked quite a bit. We talked about him. And he just said he, he can't say enough about the kids. So I'm just really looking forward to myself getting to, 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 to know him. And I look at people like that, like you and myself, getting to know guys. And it just makes you better too, right? Being around somebody like that. Yeah, I, so, rode, I rode the elevator with him. Saturday night after uh, Little Rock and he was headed back to Texas to beat a storm and he had his wife and baby and he had just won the event in Little Rock, but he didn't pick Whoopah, the world champion bull. He picked another bull. Well, come to find out, he thought he had a bigger lead. He calculated wrong. So he picked oh. the bull he knew he could ride. So I'm in the, uh, we're in the elevator with him and Richard Jones and I, and, and it, we looked, he said, we said, did you figure wrong? Did you have it wrong and yeah. pick the wrong bull? And he went, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he laughed about it and ended up winning, of course. Ended but up winning, yeah. There is nothing overrated about that guy. I, I can't keep up with fans. You know, for so long, the judges screwed the Brazilians out of points. Now they're gifting Jose so that he can win. I can't keep up with who we're screwing what the conspiracy is on one day, but I've watched, I'll tell you, I've watched, I was there for all his record setting rides yeah. and I can't pick apart how they got any of it wrong. He's a, I've just waited. I've just held off to put him in greatest bull rider I've ever seen just for my own. Cause I'm stubborn and one of those old stubborn. guys, but yeah. damn it. It's getting close now. It's getting tougher. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm with you. I know you can't, right? I mean, he is just a, he's a specimen. I mean, he really, truly is. And to think, you know, whether it be, you know, I look back when, when this all happened, do you remember, do you remember Bo Jackson? And you remember, do you remember cats like that? They, they yeah. were just, they weren't from this world, right? Oh, they exactly. can do anything. anything. Michael Jordan, I mean, he went and played baseball. These are guys that you're like, that, that pisses me off. They can yeah. just do whatever the hell they want to do. You remember? I'm those guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which reminds me, you'll appreciate this. We used to have debates when I was coaching, uh, when I was coaching high school track, all the coaches in the front of the bus, we used to have a debate about the definition of an athlete. Like just that word. Some coaches said it's the guy that didn't have raw talent that worked his way and made himself great. That's an athlete. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. The definition I liked the best was somebody who could, who was a great basketball player, but could kick your ass in bowling the first time or darts. That's Michael Jordan. And I think I, that's yeah. Jose. I think that's, that's him. Yeah. That, yeah, I know they, it doesn't matter what they pick up, whether they pick up a club or a bowling ball, they just go out there and they're just so, I mean, whether it be hand eye coordination or foot, eye, you know, eye coordination, whatever it is, they're just, they're just, they're constructed a certain way. I mean, it sounds like from what I hear, right. And then kicking his helmet over by you and all that kind of stuff. He was, he's a hell of a, a soccer player, yeah. which, which I'm looking really forward to because my son's a soccer I was player, say, yeah. you know, 
And it sounds like they, they, he's got a, Cleet was saying he has a, a, a full size soccer field at his home that, that they all gather together and play. And of course he does. Of course he does. He's won, he's made $5 million in the last three years. Of course like, he has. Like, yeah, he's made 5 million in two weeks. Yeah. He, <laughs> but it, hey, his helmet, he'll, now he used to just kind of kick it. The other day, he takes his helmet off, points to me across the arena. Kicks it. I never have to take a step. He kicks it right to me. So yeah, he's See, he can do it. More about what we're talking about. See yeah. the it, being precise. Are you? You and I could do that. What? How many times? Six hundred times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going, yeah. And know, hurt our yeah. foot. Yeah. And hurt our foot yeah. where he's got okay wrinkles. His big toe just perfect, so he can you know. Yeah. And it's got a nice spin to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I actually have a mark on my arm right here where I caught his helmet. It was coming in hot. <laughs> coming in hot. Uh, well, that'll be interesting. The team thing is, uh, I know you're, you've been around a while and a lot of people are doing this and I don't yeah. know a lot of detail. How many, how many will you draft? How many on a team? So we'll, so we'll draft, we'll draft the first five guys. Then we'll have, we'll have two alternates. Okay. Okay, so right after the world finals in uh, in Fort Worth in May, the next day we'll go in and we'll draft our first five guys from from what I understand, and uh, and then we'll have our two alternates, um, and then we'll have a kind of a practice squad. So we'll have we'll have ten guys, three guys of the of the ten that'll be kind of you know the the class B or C ballers that'll be down there in in the in the in the, in the dugout that we can pull out if we need to, or that type of thing. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, I, and I can understand whether it be a traditional rodeo fan or, or whoever, but, but I think from my perspective, if you look at some of these events that, you know, way better than I do, well, the global cup, for instance, coming up this weekend. Yeah. I mean, we, we all know, speaking of responsibility and feeling that, uh, you know, you got to step up and, and swing a little bit harder when, when you've got somebody relying on you. I mean, it's a given, right? When you, when you have a team concept, you know, you, you've got some responsibility to your cohorts next to you and, and you, and you want to, you want to, you want to make, you want to have them be proud of you and you want to try for them, right? If, if I get bucked off, uh, you know, it's, it's bad enough that I've got to, you know, go home and grovel to my wife and tell her what a deadbeat I, or listen to them tell you what a loser you are. That kind of thing. But maybe it's a little bit harder to listen to, you know, three or four other guys browbeat you and tell you what a deadbeat you are. I, you know, but again, I, I just love it. And I think what we've seen in the past is these guys rise to the, you know, the occasion. And I think, again, this culture that, that I, I myself see wanting to construct in our locker room and quite frankly, I think it'll be everybody, all eight teams, even though we're going to have this, this competition amongst all of us, you know, it's going to be healthy and it's going to be fun. Sure. We're going to kick it. You know what I mean? And it's going to, you know, it's going to, as a whole, it's going to bring us up. So yeah. I just hope the fans will give us a chance to, to, uh, you know, display what, what the guys can do and hopefully it'll make them rise to the occasion all the better. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, for some reason, I just feel like as we talk, we, we talked about you going the NFR and different things. And I know that fans love to hear specific things about bull riding, you know? Yeah. And with you, I get asked a lot, who was your favorite bull of all time? I get it. You know, who's your favorite bull rider? Who's your favorite? I always say my favorite bull because of, I thought he was a showman and had a great mm-hmm. personality and could sell it was little yellow jacket. You knew yeah. Yeah, yeah, when he bucked the guy (laughs) off, he'd go to the center gate and then he'd take two, three steps out and he'd look at the crowd. Remember? Remember? Yeah. If a guy guy rode him out the arena. It's like he's embarrassed. I can't show my face. Yeah. 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 And And, and, and I, you had a good relationship with him. I did. It was pretty embarrassing up to a certain point. (laughs) I mean, I, I can tell you what is what his underbelly looked like. I know that from the, <laughs> from the week, from the week I finally got, got, got him twisted there in Nampa. Cause he was, uh, speaking of an athlete, you know, and, and he was, he was something And this, and to hear the stories, uh, uh, you know, of, of them pulling out the trailer in the pasture and him just charging ahead uh, to, to come be, Hey, let me in that. And I'm ready to rock and roll. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's great to hear to begin with. And then, 
have them hauling somewhere and, and just see that kind of speaking of theatrics and, and really see kind of that human side of him kind of shake his chest out and said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad hombre, right? <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And I think yeah. you, we, we both know, and it seemed like it was a lot, a lot more of the women uh, that really had kind of the, the rooting. They, they rooted for the bulls more than the, which I understand I'm an animal lover and, and uh, that type of thing to, but to see the, the animals get taken care of the way they are and, and the pride that's given, you know, to see Chad get teary eyed, you know, when he talks about, him. you know, I, Chad Berger, you know, I just, it's, it's a, it's an element in our sport that I really, I really like. And, and yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, because you brought up, you know, the bull that got you to the NFR dog face and then buck off him. See, and I think back, he was a big Red Bull, right? Those big yep. from the Northwest. From the North, yep, up there. Yeah, exactly. Because they were all kind of on the same bloodlines. I, it took me years to realize his brand was K9. K9, dog face. I, when I finally realized that, I didn't tell anybody that I had just realized. <laughs> you, you missed that. Uh, <laughs> I would, I'd look at him and go, does his face look like a dog? K, K9. any others (laughs) like even in your rodeo career any any bulls that i know these are cliche kind of questions but i just haven't talked to you in a while any ones that stand out that either dick slammed you (laughs) yeah that you were there's one i mean mean, as soon as you say that i mean my first nfr right um in in and even going let's, let's if you go back a few years before i before i even brought my card or my permit you know, you had these infamous bulls like 018 Cowtown and and you had Mr. T, these, you know, these bad cats. And you're like, man, what would I do if I got on? How far would he throw me? You know what I mean? This type of thing, or if I'd have any chance of hell. And then so so I get to the NFR in the ninth round. What, who do I draw? I draw, I, I draw skull specific bell. Specific bell, yeah. And I and, and, this, and this is a true story. So I'm back and I'm, of course, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You know, uh, you know, I'd made, nor, nor, I was traveling with Norman, leading up, you know, Norman and Mark Kane, Dax Lackey and I traveled all of 91. We had airplanes and all that stuff. So I was feeling good about myself. Sixth, seventh round, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. Maybe I can roll on here and that type of thing. And, and then come the ninth round, my chest is out. And now I draw, I draw him and, it was, it, and as far as like this fear factor, right? And there's always that, whether it be a cliche or not, you know, why do they send young guys to war, right? Because you, you just, you're not scared of anything, right? You're infamous. You're never going to die, you know? And, and so I, I wouldn't say, but I was, for the first time, I think up to that time, I was, I was apprehensive because even though I was feeling like a real true bad, badass, <laughs> that's some gun they ran in there. And if you remember those shoot gates and they were, I don't know if they were Powder River, but they had like slats, like two by eight slats that were stacked on top of each other. And, and, and what I'm saying is from the back alley, when they loaded him and when it started in there for every time there was a, a, a piece of a two by eight or two by six, he took his horn <clears throat> perfect. And he flipped each top every, this true story. And they loaded him in the first, I bucked it. They bucked him out of so that. So in the first, front, that, it was the front slide gate. It was the front yeah, slide okay. gate when they the sliding gate and the, the, the very top two by eight or two by six of what it was. He took each one of those and they were just slid down in, in this, right? They didn't have top. And he took off each one of those panels, each one of those two by eights. So he could see, he could see over that deal. <laughs> That's true story. No and kidding. He took off, this son of a gun knows right where those big old horns are going, you know, are going. And, you know, and I had seen him through the years and, and I thought, but then as they got him in there and he was so perfect, he was smaller than you'd ever imagine. And, and I thought, how great would it be for me to just clack? And I knew he was going to go right. I just, he was around the right. So anyway, I'm long drawing this out, but he got in there and uh, I went to slide up on him and he just kind of slide, he just kind of crouched. And laid on my left leg for a for a, a right hand delivery, and I gotta say I was a little bit apprehensive, even more apprehensive. And I thought I gotta make this corner. If he doesn't get, he's gonna just stack. So me he up. knew what he was doing. He was like, he knew I'm oh, gonna get man. you over here. Yeah. yeah, and I and I just and I just you know like we did. We didn't mess around there a lot. And 
and I got up there, skewed up, and of course Dan's back there growling at me or whatever. But and he he went. He just his I think it was his his eyelash kind of looked to the right a little bit. It wasn't even his head. It was just, it was just his eyelash. And I mean, I just went, ah, well, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> yeah. I just charged over there like he was gonna be Alaman, right? And and he felt me. He's like, you little punk. And he felt me. He jumped and he left me sitting there like some like I'd never been on a bull in my life and embarrassed me. And uh yeah. <laughs> And then Troy, Troy Dunn just goes the next the next night and just just sticks it on him and spurs him around the right and in, and even more just adds insult to injury. But you know Troy was Troy's like a beast of his own. Yeah, you know, and, a whole different deal. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I don't know. We got onto that. We were talking nope, about a bull. Though. But that's good. Uh, he gave you the eye fake. He gave me, yeah, he gave me the, he gave me the little right in, in this whole movement, one movement, he gave me the little eye flutter and I went, I went, I wasn't going to be fine. I've, I've listened, I do all these little Q and A tours now with fans. I do once in a while and they'll ask, they ask Cowboys, well, do you watch video? Yeah. Do you know what a bull's going to do? And they're like, well, yeah, but. <laughs> you watch guys you watch it all the time they'll set a trap look at the great bull now whoopa who's as good a bull as we've ever seen all of yeah. a sudden a couple of weeks ago he spins the other direction like where the hell did that come from but and he just yeah. he has this look on his face like <laughs> what do you yeah. think hey. yeah what do you think i gave you the eye you know what the thing is thinking you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. The I fake, I, the I fake thing I use a lot because I got it from my Canadian friends. I can't remember bullfighter might have been like Jason Davidson or Jesse oh. Byrne. Get run over. Well, he gave me the I fake. He, <laughs> <the eye> <laughs> he didn't even move his nose. He just uh, yeah. Like, hey, hey, you were you you yeah. flew. Do you fly still? I don't. I you know I I haven't been current now for a while. Sold my airplane and yeah, I was just. You know, kids will do that to you, right? If you're doing, you know, yeah. was it wasn't your dad? Was he wasn't he a pilot? Was he a pilot? Your dad he was military, was. correct? Yeah, he was the he was the fighter jock out of Iowa. Him and mom were both from from Iowa. You know, they they met at the surf ballroom where where Buddy Holly, you know, left that night and was killed. Yeah, yeah, that's where they met. And uh, and yeah, he was a baseball player and uh, you know one of these guys that was a big time athlete in Iowa and. No background in rodeo, but my mom was the horse, the horse enthusiast, even though she didn't have a horse growing up. But I had my first Shetland when I was like two on a on an Air Force base in Tucson, right? And uh, one I, thing led to another. So I always liked seeing your dad. Um he's a big guy, but his voice was just like yours. It was like your voice coming out of this big guy. Hello, Flint. How you doing? I he, and uh I, I just yeah. always he was just a real pleasant guy to to be around. That's why I asked. I, yeah. I did remember that he had been a pilot. Yeah. So he's been he gone. He's he been gone a few years, hasn't he? He has, he has. And he, he just, you know, and I don't know if you remember this, but he, he, he really was just a, just a, the most mellow, easy going, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had a 14 triple E shoe. They had to make him special flight, flight gloves. I mean, he was just a bear of a guy and he got in the F4, you know, the cockpit, you know, the cockpits and those things weren't really that big. They weren't made for him. They had to make him special boots for the, <laughs> he just, you know, and he was, he was going to go play world baseball, but he got drafted in the Korean war. And, uh, but you, you'd never, you'd never know that he was, I mean, he's one of those guys that would probably turn into real dynamite if he had, he had to have, but I never saw him really, you know, he, he never, the only thing he ever did to me, ever disciplinary mom was the, the hard, the hard ass. He only grabbed me by my ear one time and lifted me off the ground. And I think I learned then I followed the shit for the old man. So, but yeah, but he was uh, good to be real. Um, you keep bringing up your kids and I've put it off till now, but you're in, you're, we knew you from New Mexico. You lived in Albuquerque. Hell, you, you rodeoed with our friend Richard Jones back in the day. You're a New Mexico guy. And yeah. hell, the the greatest was in the Global Cup a few years ago when you were the coach of Mexico. They were <laughs> yeah. like, now they know he's from New Mexico. It's neither not new, <laughs> it's not new, and it's not Mexico. <laughs> but, and his and his uh, yeah, his speech is not <laughs> no Spanish. No, no Spanish. I know all the dirty words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're you have moved to Austin, and really, 
really for your kids, right? Tell us about right. uh, your Mary. daughter's yeah. older than Merrick. He's a soccer player, right? Yeah, he's a soccer player. And, and uh, oh, man, I just, I never knew, and, and you being the dad, two girls, you never know, I think, vulnerability. And, and again, you know, Bull Ryan, you, you become pretty calloused in this type of thing. Um, I never knew real vulnerability until Merrick was born. You just, you just don't, you know, I, I, I never was really frightened with, with what I did, but my dad, it really frightened him for what I did. It really scared him. I mean, literally. And, and I never, I never understood why. And then, and then now being a dad myself, it was like instantaneous, right? When you, when you first hold them, you just turn into this bag of goo that you never really <laughs> thought you would be. And, uh, you know, you, you find yourself crying at something that you or whether it be a movie or something really silly that you would have never considered otherwise. And, but to, to, to be a part of Merrick's life in the soccer field. And I've learned the game obviously now we didn't even play soccer back in right. New Mexico. I didn't even know what it was. I mean, to be quite frank, I thought it was a sissy game really. Yeah. Cause if you couldn't hit somebody on a field, what, what, what are we doing here? I gotta be able to hit somebody. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've got a new appreciation for the game and, and I'm so glad he's doing that instead of writing. Cause I, there's a lot of our pals, right? I mean, whether it be a, you know, a Ross Coleman or, or JW, they're boys, they all ride. And, and, and I get it. I mean, I was, I was that age one time too. And I loved it, but to watch my kid do that, I'd be so fearful. And so uh, he's a real machine. He's a good athlete. He's fast. And, and it's been fun to watch him grow and do that here. And, and, Aust- and Austin gave you a better, it, it had what he needed, correct? And it, it did. And it did. And, 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 and we all know that depending on where you lived, um, you know, your, your, the politics and everything that were involved in New Mexico, they, they shut us down. That crazy governor there shut us down. So we couldn't play. They, they should, matter of fact, I made a field at the back of our property there. It was just a kind of a small gravel field that I made so the kids could come out to our house and practice because you couldn't even practice publicly. And, uh, but long story short, I was taking Merrick to either Tucson or Phoenix every weekend for many, many months just so we could play ball. And, and when this opportunity, uh, you know, arrived for us to have a chance for him to come down here, the competition, you know, that's why I moved to West Texas to go to college because of the competition. And, uh, so it's been a great, a great move for him. Um, even though when we moved here in the heat of the summer, I didn't really think it was that cool. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little (laughs) sultry. (laughs) It'll, it'll suck the, it'll suck the starch out of your clothes. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of turning into a bag of goo, I was like this gooey old. Yeah. <laughs> well, as as we do this, this airs not on this day, but it's my daughter's birthday today. Uh, as oh. we do this, Shelby, twenty three, and I'm with you. I I wanted to make a little collage of pictures, and I'm going through and find her in the bathtub with this mohawk, and I just. <laughs> <laughs> she's working today has a job <laughs> you know you're looking at this full this full grown adult human being that you're yeah. thinking yeah. No. get out of here <laughs> hey uh, 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 did, hey did you you went you did tv for a while color commentary um yeah we have other guys now i i think i think justin mcbride is as good of a color commentary of Western sports. I think he could do a whole rodeo. I think he could talk about the calf rope and the team rope. And of course the bareback ride. I think he could do every event and be one of the best analyst color men in rodeo or Western sports. Did you enjoy the TV part of it? You did it a couple of years. Did you like it? I, I, I enjoyed it. And, 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 you know, Joe Lavero who, you know, yes. did the show mm-hmm. and stuff with us for those. And I think he was the biggest part of that. Right. I mean, even though, I was speaking of apprehension. I mean, it was, you know, I was never big on the TV or photographs or anything like that. Just not who I was. And so it was, it was a role that I, I really enjoyed in certain parts of it, you know, being still a part of the PBR and being around, you know, like coming back and seeing you guys. I mean, what a great feeling. So just being there around that element and, and of course not having to be scared, <laughs> scared anymore, <laughs> yeah. getting, climbing aboard all them bad cats. But I, uh, so I really enjoyed that part. The, the traveling, which, you know, we, we, we complain about 
to each other and stuff that gets old, the airports and all that type of stuff. But, but being in that element is always such a, was always such a great, a great thing. And, um, I, but Merrick had, had just been born. So I, I stepped away from it. You know, they changed, they were changing some things, but back to McBride, I mean, I just, I, I watch it. I watch the show now and it's, it's, it's so enjoyable and, and he speaks so well and it, and, and him and Craig are just such a great team. It was great to work with Craig. Now I should have thrown Craig in there with Joe Libero. I, I think he's, he's great the way he sets up, whether it be McBride or JW and Cooper Davis has been on the show right. here and just done a great job. So to have his, his input, but uh, yeah, McBride has, has really found a, Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. A spot where he belongs. Cause yeah. he's, yeah, it's, it's been a joy yeah. to watch. Um, well, there's, there've been times, it's only been in the last few years. We don't get like, I'll say, are we live TV tonight or taped? We're live. We're Michael Gaffney live. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I was hoping you were going to forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's still used on the, yeah. Isn't We're, that sad? That let's send it down sad. to Michael Gaffney. <laughs> And what yeah. was that? You started a bit of a piece, right? Like, I think so. Yeah. And, it, and there was some vulgar, yeah. Commentary that was, I think. What did you did you, so you thought you were taping it and you said something and stumbled and said, ah, shit. I, yeah. Yeah. I think it was one of the, the better of the uh, better of the bad words. <laughs> I mean, I got, I think I got, I picked up lots of a bad email after that on, on people's response. The, the legend that. goes, you said, ah, whatever word. Can I start to get yeah. it in their ear the other way? Uh, uh, we're live. Yeah. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're live. <laughs> Talk about a no shit moment. I'm telling you. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So, well, yeah. <clears throat> some of the things we're known for being known for. Yeah. Some of the things you weren't trying to forget. But. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's been good to see you these last few weeks. I, I like I said, I, you walked in. I went. It's the G, yeah. and and everybody knows it's just G. G. I used to call you G. But it's a good and of course you know every all the old timers they say the locker room doesn't have this. It doesn't have this. It all evolves. It's you still have that group of guys that are in charge, the group of guys that are funny. I mean, yeah, it all sure. evolves, but I think we we take it in perspective of how the new generation is evolving. And the truth is, evolve all you want. The guys are still cowboys. Uh, there's a lot of guys, 24, that are way more, they're doing way useless crap than these guys. Oh, they're still cowboys, aren't they? And and a lot of good guys there. They are, and, I, and I've been fortunate these last handful of weeks uh, Flint to get to, cause I, I have been gone for a long time and, and, and I can honestly say that n none of them I have been acquainted with. I just haven't maybe shook one of them's hand at the world finals, you know, three, four years ago, whatever it's been. But, you know, I went to dinner, I've been to dinner with a few of them, whether it be a Mason Taylor or Kyle Oliver, or, you know, these types of kids. Um, and I, I, I can say this, I've been really impressed that, that, that their demeanor, and their attitudes and man. And then of course, then you add this, this new, uh, this new team thing that we're doing and they're so excited and to, and to listen and watch their eyes and read them, how, how truly excited they are. And maybe to be a part of, of whatever team that, that, that they get into um, and how they approach the game. And you said, it, yeah, they're in there and they're not in there by, they're not in there by mistake. They're, they've made it on tour. They've paid their dues. They busted their asses and, and they're tough. They're tough kids. And you have to be, and you know it as well or better than I do because you're in the locker room every day and, and doing what you do out there on the dirt. It's, 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 man, it's a brutal sport and you got to hand, I, I hand it to them. And these bulls, I mean, being uh, in the watching those babies fight, it looked like a war zone, didn't it? Oh, I mean, there God. was it was, I, was there nine or ten of them out the next day. I know yeah. they were splattered against the walls, and I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, and we remember is. that we had those every once in a while, but it's it's it, it's just the, the game it is. But I hand it, to, I got to hand it to them because I I just it's commendable. They they got to be tough and they got to be cowboys. Yeah, so I like good, our good. I like our group of young guys right now. I think we're in a good phase, and you know. I'm around them a lot, but it's different for me. I get asked by fans, 
a lot or friends of mine. Are you friend? Do you hang out with the bull riders? Are you friends? That they're twenty four years old. I, it's a different, yeah. literally a different generation. And I just so you know, I do say, back in the day, I did have bull rider friends. I was friends with Michael Gaffney. I was friends with Tater Porter and Justin McBride. Now I'm yeah. like the old uncle in the room down the hall. You know, it is different. Yeah. It's a good relationship, but I think that's what was fun and what why I wanted to have you because. We really were friends. We did all the enterprise rent-a-car stuff together. We did photo shoots and commercials. And, oh, and I would, what did we go? Go-kart racing? We go go-kart racing? Go-kart racing. Up in, yeah. yeah. Go-kart <laughs> racing in Edmonton. And yeah. so I was truly friends. And I like the young guys now. But, but I miss my friends on the road. Uh, being the same age as bull riders, which that went away a long time ago. But, times, but listen, um, I appreciate the time. It's uh, no. It's good to talk to you. So. I told you one last thing. I told you the other day. I said, you know, I, I started hearing about these podcasts you're doing. And I got to say this. I, and I said, well, he's got JW on there and got me. Bright. I said, and I was kind of feeling a little bit sorry for myself. And I, that sound done. I said, we go way back. I said, I was kind of getting jealous. And then, <laughs> and then you hit me up and I was that, it made me feel well I, now that I, you come around i realize you're still alive hell i didn't know but no i it's good stuff Man, thanks I for having me on thanks g i appreciate it michael gaffney thanks buddy